After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, it's Juice. Thanks so much for downloading our podcast. It means the world. We talked about the highs and lows of this Kings loss to Miami. There's definitely some good stuff, too. I want to ask you guys for a quick favor, though. Before you start this episode, drop us a review. If you're listening on Spotify, give us five stars. Apple Podcast Store, same thing. All it does is help our audio side grow. We appreciate you guys so much. Let's start the show. Juice and Mo. Juice and Mo. Deuce and Mo, they tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, the podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Deuce and Mo podcast, recording this late on a Wednesday night after the Sacramento Kings four-game win streak is all over a place they have not won many times since arriving in Sacramento. The Kings lose in Miami, who ended a seven-game losing skid with a win against the Kings, 116-106. to Sacramento, now 5-31 all-time against the Miami Heat since they entered the NBA back in that 88-89 season. Wow. There's a lot to go over. There's some highs, there's some lows, there's some ugly in there as well. Each and every one of our podcasts presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Check out TrustNorthwest.com. I'm Juice Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. How you doing, Mo? Fine. I, you know how you say that. It's like, I already know. We spent the entire day together. We drove Dude. to San Francisco, did TV together. We watched a game together. We drove back together. Now we're doing this together. It's honestly a little too much for okay. me. Because a lot of times it's like, you know, I'm off doing something else. You're doing TV. And then we kind of reconnect we, for the first time on the pod. we talked about it. No. Like, except a few texts. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm kind of sick. I don't really care. You know, I'm kind of over you. 
<laughs> I'm over this game. I'm over you. I honestly, I thought about that on the way back here uh, in the pouring rain. I remember thinking, God, we've literally been together today since 1030. Oh. And Ugh. I mean, like in working, you know, like or yeah. going or going to driving to work or whatever. And now we're here and it's fine. I'm just I'm not going to lie to you. It would have been I would have been like, <laughs> this is fun if the Kings had won. Like I, <sighs> this conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. wouldn't even have come up. But now it's like, what a drag. Cause like someone put it like defeated, heated in, defeated or something. I'm mm. like, yeah, great way to put it. Here's the one thing. I, as confident as I was about the Kings beating the Grizzlies last night is how not confident I was headed into this one. You know, it just seemed like this was the worst possible time to face the Miami Heat. And with all that said, it was a winnable game for the Kings. You start thinking about all the possibilities. Oh, man, if they do this or they do this better, they could probably have found a way to hand Miami its eighth straight loss. But... Hey. Miami was, they came out and reading the stuff from Tuesday, they had a real honest, like film session. It was described as like brutally honest with each other. There was talk about effort. Spolstra was asked by reporters, like what adjustments? And he's like, uh, it's about emotional toughness, physical toughness, 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 schematics. Like three, four, five, six. Yep. That schematics doesn't matter. We don't even focus on scheme. We are focused on us, effort, toughness. They need to feel us. And I went, oh, shit. The defending Eastern Conference champs. Jimmy's going to come out aggressive, and it's going to be a tough one. The Kings are going to have to take a punch. And the Kings did take some punches in this one, but it comes down to this, Morgan. Oh. If Fox is going to have a night like this where he's four of 16 and one of eight from three, uh-huh. if the bench is going to be a non-factor, Malik Monk, I don't need you to score 20, but when you give me six points and zero assists, and then on the other side, Jimmy does his thing, Hero and Rogier were money as playmate playmakers tonight, and then Richardson comes off the bench and drops 24, Ooh. you're going to lose. It's 115-106 the final. Yeah, it, I mean... That was it. In post-game, we put down some notes of why they lost. And that was the easiest way to summarize it. Now, there was other moments throughout this game, and even Mike Brown was asked about, for example, the offense and their shooting. And Miami, when they were putting that backcourt pressure on, it was like, okay, this is tough. This is slowing them down but then it would lead to only having 12 seconds in that half-court offense. So right there, they're already going scramble mode. Okay, we have to get something off. Our offense is disrupted. We don't get a run all the way through our actions. Oh, and then Miami throws this zone at them. And the zone always messes up some teams a few plays, but I felt like the Kings weren't willing to make quick adjustments. And then you always hear this, Deuce. You always go, hey, this Kings team, Good shooters on this team. If they're going to have an open shot, I want them to shoot it. They need to just keep shooting, shoot or shoot. I get all of that. But I've been watching basketball for a really long time. i played basketball all my life. And I think as a player, as someone even that coached basketball, it's like you, you get it when there comes a time that you have to get in the paint and score. You have to see that ball go through the net. You have to just break 
down a defense in a different way than keep on chucking up shots just because you're a good three-point shooting team. Because sometimes you're just not going to have those nights. And tonight, it wasn't that night for the Kings. I think your point about Miami's defense is interesting because they. I was watching their game against Phoenix, and they did the same thing. They were putting full-court pressure on the Suns. And then they, once it was cross half core and into the offense, they went into their zone defense. In that zone defense, Miami runs a lot of zone defense. They run more than any other team in the league. And what's been problematic for them over the last few games before tonight, the communication wasn't there. I think part of it, Rozier trying to get used to playing in this new scheme, you trying to get used to the zone, just trying to get to use yes. the defense, the offense playing with hero, you know, he, he's not just chucking. You got to play within the system. And there were so many just breakdowns from a communication standpoint, poor rotations. And tonight, dude, this team was locked in. The full court pressure was good. It impacted the Kings. And even when the Kings played with pace, I felt like they weren't playing with pace the right way. And what I mean by that is I want you to get the ball up as fast as you can and try to break that. But even when you get into the offense, you don't have to take the first shot. And yep. to your point about the three-point shooting, I feel like they were coming down and just jacking up threes when they were clicking tonight and when they got back in the game in the second quarter after being down 15, Sabonis was taking the ball, pushing it. They were getting paint touches. They were getting the ball moving, finding the cutters and gaps, hitting the three. Like, it looked good, but there are too many times I felt like the zone was impacting Sacramento. It was. And, and I just... I was so used to watching a team last year, and this was, I think I said this to you so, in so many games last year. Deuce, not only does this team make adjustments game by game, like they could play the same team twice and they'll make adjustments. They were getting better and better at making in-game adjustments, and that is so hard to do, and only the 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 better teams in this league are capable of doing that because you're able to understand basketball at a high level as a player and understand how to actually make that tweak physically or mentally sometimes. And with this Kings team, when that offense or when that defense, that zone defense is thrown at them sometimes, I go, okay, you got scrambled up, but now how do you break it? Now how do you get better? And we saw those better moments, but I just felt like it wasn't quick enough. Or Well, what? yeah, I, I did feel like they figured it out they when did. they made that run at the end of the second when they cut it to four and a half. And yeah. That's what I loved. I'm like, all right, you guys got down 14, 15 points. I was worried. Or did they get down as many as 18, I think? Yeah. Yeah, they got down by 18, and they cut it to four at the half, and it was because they started to do those things yep. where Sabonis was doing a hell of a... Sabonis had an amazing game again tonight. Guy had his 13th triple-double of the season, and he's he had 14 all of last year. On the night, what he finished with 19 points, 17 rebounds, 13 assists, 7 of 14 shooting, and that was missing some easy ones early. He didn't yes. score in the first quarter. Yeah. He was outrageous. But when the Kings got back into it, he was getting a rebound, and that guy was pushing. I thought at times tonight, even the Kings' defense had some really got good moments, and that's where it's at. Mm. It's like, oh, wow, they were able to have some great contests at the Ram, really yes. rotating well defensively, mm -hmm. playing the gaps well, making sure to stunt, use their length. The stat of the night. Oh, you have a stat of the night? The Kings in the first half had 11 deflections. Uh -huh. The activity was there. It wasn't perfect all the time, but the activity was there. 11 deflections. That's a great number. They had three in the entire second half. 
three. Yeah. And that's where the game shifted. It's like, I felt like they did a better job against the, the zone later in uh-huh. the first half. But that second half came and it felt like the defense became problematic. Yep. And that's just puts you in a really tough position when you're locked in, had some good activity, rotations were well, looking good. Then you're getting blown by. You got to be locked in. I mean, way to say the obvious, Morgan. You got to be locked in all four quarters, right? I mean, you just, it's easier said than done. But the only reason why now I ever say it and I say it confidently like this team can do that is because we saw it last year. But then what you see a lot, and again, another again, I get whenever we compare this year's team to last year's team, it's not the exact same. Things have changed. Uh, uh, you know, like players have gotten better. Some players have dropped off. That stuff happens. But what I would have expected to stay consistent would be like mental toughness, effort, discipline, like all the controllables. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like a lot of the controllables are also things that have taken a dip, whether it's an in-game adjustment, whether it's uh it's not even that I'm questioning everyone's effort. I'm just confused at times why there's a first half where the defense is looking so much better than the second. And I'm I'm not here to give Miami Heat a whole bunch of credit for the way that they were playing offense. But I will say this, Jimmy Butler attacking the way that he was attacking wow. did screw with them even more and did open up more things. So sure, I'll give some love to that. But I still thought that they could um, have done a better job defensively even with that happening. I felt like I was just chalking up Jimmy for a big night. It was about sure. how are you going to handle the others. But you're right, Jimmy set the tone for them. He was super aggressive. He was trying to get guys in foul trouble, whoever was on him. You know, HB was on him. Okay, that was going to be problematic. Keegan got switched on him. And Jimmy, guy's just such a foul merchant. That guy is always trying to get foul calls. Love him because he plays with an edge and toughness. I'm not hating on the guy, but no, God, it's no. frustrating. He had 31 points, super efficient. 10 of 14 shooting, 9 of 12 at the free throw line. He also had 7 assists. Excuse me, seven rebounds and six assists in this game. He was a problem, and he really got it going in that third quarter. That's where I felt like a lot of defensive breakdowns happened, and Jimmy got his. And then you're like, okay, now it's more of a gap. It's going to be a challenge. The other thing that was big for them tonight, Hero and Rogier combined for 17. On the surface, you're like, you'll take that. Mm -hmm. Rogier's one of eight. The problem is they had 18 assists. And just three turnovers. Those two. Those two. I was like, wait, wait. 18 assists yeah. and and three turnovers between those two. Mm-hmm. Hero was making good decisions. The pick and roll was problematic. Bam had an impact. And then off the bench, Josh Richardson. 24 points, 9 of 15 shooting, 6 of 10 from 3. There are a couple of times the Kings went under on screens with him. And I'm like, well, I don't I don't care if he's been struggling this year. I go track record of his career. Yep. The guy can knock down threes, and you can't give him looks. All of a sudden, he's knocking down shots. He's playing with confidence. He plays a little bit of an edge. And when that bench outscored Sacramento, what was it, 47 to something? Uh, do you want me to get it? I it, thought it was on the box It's score, okay. It's, it is. Wait. Uh, bench points, yeah, 47-18. 47-18 Miami. Yeah, yep. so you could handle Jimmy having a, a a good night. 
you can't handle Josh Richardson dropping 24 on off you the bench and efficiently. Yes. And that, and that's what's t- and you know I thought their bench played well when they came in there and they went in the zone. Kevin Love too had some really nice moments. He absolutely did. And I thought too with uh Richardson knocking down 24, that was the other thing I was going to say was Keegan talked a little bit about him and his game and it was like, look He's a streaky shooter in this league, but when he gets one going and he's on fire, then it doesn't stop. And that's where it's like, shit, we might have not game planned for that, but how can we adjust in game again? How can we make sure that we are uh, understanding that just because we game plan for a certain type of personnel and a certain type of shooter that night that... It might have changed. So let's make sure to fight over screens. Let's navigate them differently. Let's just change up a few things. That didn't feel like it was being changed. I thought they did a good job every time that they were uh, running back after some of these runs, like especially that 13-0 run in the second quarter when the Kings got it within four, I believe, going into the half. And I thought they did a really good job of being resilient and trying to match the Miami Heat's tone and energy and that was one of my biggest worries coming in tonight and deuce you already touched on it they were going to come out punching they were going to come out with a different type of energy and and you and i said it on the pregame show we said okay if you're the kings don't just match their tone set the tone and then have them match it and i thought they had some of those moments early like i talked about defensive like the kings competed you know and um i i think what ended up killing them tonight is just poor shooting too. You know, we talked about the zone forcing some bad shots, but then like De'Aaron going four of 16, one of eight from three. And he's been such a good three-point shooter. We'll talk more about his three-point success this year. But he had 13 points, five rebounds, three assists, two turnovers in 36 minutes. On these nights, I'm like, man... I need you to attack a little more. And that's where I start questioning just a little bit more of, all right, are you good with attacking? I know this was challenging to attack this Miami defense too with some of the, you know, they're, they're def- how they're defending the Kings at times. But I, I just, that's where I go. I keep going back to, man, he's got to be dinged up a little bit if he has these games where he relies on the three-point shot. And maybe he's just like, no, you know what? Live with it because... I'm shooting 39% this yep. year. I take eight a game, and most nights they're going to go down efficiently. Yep. So this was a night they didn't go down, and now you guys want to break it down like I'm some bad shooter or something. It's like, it's not that. I just know he's got the ability, and he showed the last few ga- games of like pure dominance. Be effective at all three levels in the mid range, play with pace. But pure dominance in the mid range and in yes. the paint, usually. And that's, and that's where I, I understand. I understand the mindset, but I also understand the mindset. Uh, I was saying, I understand the mindset of like Kings fans and people even analyzing the game, wanting that. I get that. That makes a lot of sense, right? But you got to also put yourself, try to put yourself in his shoes. And you have to think about what his mentality is. And his mentality is, I'm a 39% three-point shooter. I can shoot the shit out of the ball. I have, and I'm off a little bit. Doesn't mean you go away from it. It means that you keep trying to experience it, get better, get better, get better. And it sucks when it leans into an L, 
obviously on the record. But when it's a bad shooting night from Fox and it's a W, you can maybe live with it a little bit more being like, okay, what's he trying to do? What can he adjust? What can he learn from that? And I, I think on that, like, I get it. You want to remain confident, but like put the ball on the floor. When De'Aaron Fox is putting pressure on the defense and showing to be a threat in the mid-range where he could stop and pop or take it to the rack. Oh, my God. Even if he's not attempting it, it's, hey, maybe he's putting enough pressure on the defense to collapse it and spraying out for three, and then the ball is rotating. Miami's working harder defensively. Maybe you're attacking, and you're, you're getting Bam into greater foul trouble. He had some foul trouble early in this game. So it's just trying to pick your spots a little better yeah. in these moments and understanding, like, hey, the three may not be falling tonight. I definitely want to keep shooting. I'm not going to like all of a sudden just go away from it, but we need a bucket here. Can I just get a bucket? That's, and I think that I like that. I like the, the mental shift. And we saw that in a few of these wins too, where we're like, damn, well, he had a really good fourth quarter. You yeah. know, he wasn't playing well here, but then he had a good fourth quarter. Oh, wow. This was a great all around game. And I think that shift he needs to make mentally is exactly that is like this, our my team needs a bucket and that bucket needs to be what I'm best at. Not what I'm getting pretty good at, which is his three point shooting 39% on the year. Um, but what I'm great at and what I know that I can get something, whether it's get to the free throw line and, or, um, make a mid range shot or get to all the way to the rim. The Kings ended up taking the lead in the third quarter. Then Miami got it back, did a really good job of trying to put this one away. They ended up taking a 10-point lead with two minutes to go in the third quarter. The Kings cut the gap to 90-84 to at the end of the third quarter. Fourth quarter, that's when the Heat really got it going, and it just felt like they kind of sucked the life out of the Kings. They did such a great job. We mentioned Hero and Rogier with 18 assists. They finished as a team with 38 assists on 42 makes. The Kings' pick-and-roll coverage at time times wasn't good. Uh-uh. I mean, we, we did like a film breakdown in post-game on TV, and... There was a it, lot of good. It was showing the early first quarter stuff. And I'm like, man. Oh, that was great. This Kings' defense is on a string. Like, they're, they're hands getting big, up. hands up. I mentioned the deflection number in the first yep. half. Um, they, they were contesting. I thought Sabonis had some incredible contest at the rim, staying vertical. Herder had some really nice defensive moments. But it's not they're not able to string it together. And the bench let him down tonight too. You know, that's I felt like Monk is, is a guy we gotta talk about because he's been so good this year. He's in a stretch where he's in a funk. Yeah. And I, I understand you're gonna miss shots. I feel like right now he's he's pressing. He's pressing a little bit. And when he's coming in there, it's forcing some things. Too many turnovers for him. I want to look at his... I think he ended up with three turnovers. He did that in 14 minutes. Okay, so he was three of eight in 14 minutes. Had 6.0 assists, three turnovers. You can't be having those type of mistakes. You know, Mike Brown's talked about this before, but Malik has two or three in a game when he plays 25, you know, close to 30 minutes and good basketball, but he also has like 10 assists. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. You can live with it. You can't live with it here. You can't live with it against this Miami Heat team. The Kings only had nine turnovers as as a team, but I felt like Malik's, it just, it didn't feel good. And I felt like his shot selection wasn't great either. He had some defensive breakdowns. He really hurt them tonight. He's got to let the game come to him. Yep. And 
not forcing things. I get it. It's sometimes hard, especially when you want to step up for your team, especially when you're coming off the bench. Um, which, by the way, I know with Sasha out, it still feels like some of these rotations are a little weird. Uh, and just a quick note, JaVale McGee did. I, I liked what he did in his time out there. He played a lot more under control. But, yeah, Malik Monk is usually the leader of that second unit and is the guy that's like, all right, doesn't even take a dip from the first unit to the second unit because Malik Monk, it could be a starter in this, you know, in this league. And you're just not seeing that right now. I'm not worried about it. Mr. First Team, all confidence, like – it will come back, and these slumps happen in the year. I just feel like what we've seen, though, we and we talked about this on the way back. We have not seen this Kings team. It feels like have one, like a couple consistent, complete games where it's like good team basketball, good team basketball, good team basketball. Yeah, like everyone's playing well. Yes. Think about this Kings season. They're sitting at twenty-seven and nineteen. They're still in a good spot. Like. This win, I mean, losing sucks. Every game is like, I hate losing, blah, 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 blah. We get it. But you had the start of the year where Keegan and Herter start off ice cold. Keegan kind of get out, got out of it. And then Herter was, just kept being bad for like 30 games. Mm-hmm. You know, Harrison Barnes had that one opener against Utah and then very inconsistent. And you're like... Okay, it seems like it's just Fox, Sabonis, and Monk, a little bit of Keegan. And then Keegan woke up out of it. Like, oh, cool, Fox, Sabonis, Keegan, Monk, they're playing well. Can anyone else play well? And you weren't getting much else from anyone else. And then Fox dips. Uh-huh. Then Monk dips. Herder comes out. Sabonis stays up. Uh, Keegan a little up and down, but more up now. And it's like, can Bar- they? Barnes, like oh, special Barnes. epic games. And then it's like, where'd you Go. Harrison Barnes had like three, four games in a row. Oh, there he is uh, contributing. And then tonight he had nine points, five rebounds. He missed some shots, a lot of shots. He was four 13, 0 for six from three. So all of a sudden his last two games, he's two for 16 from three. And I'm like, I'm not ignorant. Like it's hard to have everyone clicking, but it seems Absolutely. like it's not even like, Oh, you they're, they're playing kind of good. It's like, it's either every, there you've got a few guys playing awesome or everyone else and everyone else playing like terrible. Like, where's the balance? Can we just have a little balance? And there? it doesn't feel like, you, you know, because then I go, yeah. okay, I question that balance. And I go, is it something that Mike Brown's doing in his rotations? Or is it because people feel a certain way with their confidence or being on a shorter leash or whatever it is? I don't feel like it's been that. I feel like if anything it was a little bit of health in the beginning of the year. And then it was a little bit of confidence. And then it was, um, you know, maybe a little bit of confidence from the rotations as well. Like all those things have been factoring in, but it's how are they going to face adversity? And I would say for the amount of adversity that has come along, looking at their record, it's still pretty good. Yes. Right? Like, you're not going to sit here today and be like, oh, what a shit season so far. Because when they hit adversity, it just hasn't been pretty. No. Like, it's still been able to translate into more wins than losses uh, within their record this year so far. And it's a very, very difficult conference. So, I'm still very optimistic. I'm just curious how they're going to face, how they're going to 
react to some of the adversity even going forward in the second half of the season. Oost in the chat says, I think the only time we have seen the team play complete was in two losses. Once, once against the Suns when they were up 23 Damn. and then the Bucks loss. Like, yeah, those were two of the better examples of that. And today it was just like the, the shot. I mean, the, it's just they shoot 44%, 12 of 40 from three in this game. 12 of 18 at the free throw line. Then on the other side, Miami 50%. They were 13 of 28 from three, and they were 18 of 23 at the free throw line. Hey. You know? So there's definitely some good we got to talk about too. You know, it's just a bummer. This this month has just been up and down. We reached the end of January, and the Kings finished the month eight and seven. So as average as it gets, a lot of disappointing losses in there, and you're looking at that eight and seven and going, Wow. You win those Bucks Suns games right there. You're up to you know ten and five, and if that feels a lot different, it just does. Okay, before we get to the good, so it can't skew your uh, emotions and everything, and make you feel one way or feel like a prisoner of the moment. End of January, literally the longest month ever. End of January. How are you feeling about the Kings right now? End of January. I feel better now than I did two and a half weeks ago. Okay. Um, I think there are better moments. You know, I, I it, next week's going to tell us a lot, you know, just kind of where hey. this team is trying to go. And I say next week because most people understand that next week, next Thursday is the NBA trade deadline and to see what tweaks, if any, are made. Because I think it's going to tell you a lot about where, where they go. Um, I think this team is good enough to make the playoffs mm -hmm. just as is, but to win a series, I think they they need a little tweak, they need a little jolt. It doesn't have to be a monster rip. It doesn't have to be some big swing. And I, to be honest, I don't think the big swing's out there at this point. We've seen Grant get moved. I know. We, ex Grant, excuse me. <laughs> Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam, I'm thinking about Jeremy <laughs> Why Grant. Why did I go there too? <laughs> uh, we see OG get moved. I don't know what the big the big swing is, and they, they may not have to make one. They can make a subtle tweak that helps them. I've said this. I'm going to be consistent on this. It doesn't have to be some monster swing, but I think it needs to be more impactful than trading for Kessler Edwards last year. Absolutely, and I hope that later on, too, after we talk about some of this good, that maybe we can bring up what Bobby Marks had to say, too. Yeah. Um, someone in the chat, by the way, just said that the score is wrong on the screen. And, you know, that's one of my pet peeves. Oh, it is wrong. Shit. Deuce yeah. Mason. It's uh, this final score was 115 to 106. Why didn't any of you say that sooner? How dare you? Yeah, you casual. Yeah. Not paying attention. What? You didn't know how that, do you, that was a score? Yeah, how, can you guys have my back for once? Ugh. Now I got to. Tweak it midstream. Let's not accept accountability and blame yeah, everybody this on, else. This is on you guys. You guys have to step up and be better. It's not about me at this point. Oh, dear God. Um, Salad Bar says, did we talk about the deuce hot mic issue? I don't know what you mean by that. You're going to have to let me know. Is there a hot mic issue today? He's probably talking about when you... Remember so, when you... What did you say? I'm sick of the Pacers? Or something, yeah. I knew my mic Is that was what on. you said? Yeah. I, I, I looked at deuce too. I was like... I was like you said that. He's like, yeah, I said it into the mic. I was like, oh, got it. That was his bit. Yeah, I don't know. You'll have to let me know what I said if there was something else. No, I think that was it. Um. Anyway, yeah, in terms of how I'm feeling at the end of the month, like, yeah, it wasn't that fun of a month. But I go, well, they're 27 and 19. They're still in a good spot. You know, they've 
had some much better moments. I think my big concern remains the same concern I've had. In their wins, they're averaging 125 points a game. In their losses, they're averaging 108 points a game. That 125.2 in wins is sixth in the NBA. In losses, that 108 is 22nd. It's like if the shots don't fall, good luck. You know, mm. if you're not scoring, good luck. And I just don't, I don't want, that's why I like that Memphis game in a way. It was ugly, it was hideous. Memphis was shorthanded, but I'm like, hey, you had to grind that one out. And you'd have to, you didn't score 120 to do it, but it feels like when they lose, it's, it's pretty ugly. Uh, even offensively, it's like they miss shots and they can't find other ways to win. So it goes back to the larger thing. It's like, can they get more consistency from guys? The shot making just doesn't seem like it's as consistent as it was last year. Agreed. How do you feel at the end of January? Where are um, you at? I feel, I feel fine. Um, I don't feel as like, I don't want it to sound negative. I don't sound as, I don't feel as joyful as I did obviously last year. And I think sometimes I need to stop comparing to last year because what we have to remember is that the come up and the joy of just finally being there was great, but it, it did feel like great team basketball was being played almost every single night like even in losses it still felt like it was and by the way there were still good things in this yeah. game yep. but it just felt like a different type of good last year i don't know and maybe and maybe my emotions it's all perspective too exactly spolstra exactly. had some interesting th things to say after the game and one of the things he was just talking about is he's like i think we are the only team in the league to have a seven game winning streak in a seven game losing streak. And he's like, you know, it's there's so much parity in the league right now. And winning in this league is hard. You can't take it for granted. I was like, preach. Yes, exactly. And they had to do some reflecting. Miami's a good team. And they faced a tremendous amount of adversity. They had to dig themselves out mm -hmm. of it and find a way to win. You know, we always like after these, we like to like pinpoint everything that this the kings did this wrong this wrong this wrong this wrong this wrong they did a lot of things wrong sure we can talk about that but miami came out man and you felt them it takes effort to pick up full court and it takes even more effort to retreat yeah. from that full court pressure go into a zone and everyone be bought into the zone and rotating perfectly they were on a string and they were disciplined at times the 50 50 balls they all went to miami they played really tough, made some great shots, and then they got in a good rhythm, and the, the Kings' defense collapsed. Jimmy Butler even said after the game, too, he said, when we're in a zone as an individual, it is not, I am not my yeah. best defend, as a defender. I'm not best in a zone. But as a team, like, uh, they can always make me better, and I always find a way. And that's exactly what you saw them do. They understood what they needed to do. They've played desperate. They played with no fear and they followed their leaders. Um, yeah. And on top of that too, funny note that I just feel like we, I wanted to get in there so bad. We went down to two refs in that game too. One ref. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I heard Katie and Kyle mention the fourth quarter, like, Oh, something yeah. we didn't mention at halftime. One of the refs got hurt in this game. Not funny. I'm not laughing at that. I'm Diedrich, just like, Diedrich Taylor got hurt in the game. So yep. we had two officials the rest of the way. In the playoffs when that happens, they have an alternate official literally 
they have a guy that sits in the back yeah. and takes notes and uh, on the game. But if he gets called, he or she gets called, it's like, get in there. This guy gets, you know. Yeah. There's an injury. So just an interesting note. Yeah. To that's weird. Tonight, but that's tough too. It is. It is. So no. And I thought, so I thought overall though, like the game, I never felt like um, it was, oh, refs were doing one thing or no. this was happening this way or this is, nope. Miami was coming out strong, desperate, really wanting this win. Kings, they could have had it if they really wanted it. It just felt like that pure focus didn't come into play when they needed it most in that second half. We got to get to the good because there was some good tonight, but we should mention that tonight's podcast presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. You're looking for windows. There's one place to go. Yeah, there you is. Go any, why would you go anywhere else? We've been telling you all season. If you're thinking about new windows, you go to Northwest Exteriors. They're local. They don't subcontract. They've got an awesome showroom in Rancho Cordova. You could check out all the different options and talk to their staff. Everyone's been there literally forever. They're super passionate about it. They come to your house to look at your windows. They'll measure things. And then you go, wow, this is going to be awesome because my house is going to look better. I'm going to save money. I'm going to increase the value mm. of my home. What am I waiting for? So you got to go to Northwest Exteriors. My sister uh, loved these windows so much here that now she is becoming a Northwest Exteriors window person on her home. So it's exciting to see more and more people actually understand like what they can do. So make sure you get a free quote today. You know why? Simply the best. Trust Northwest. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Let's talk about the good from tonight. Please. There was some good. Let's start with Keegan Murray. How have we been on for like a half hour and we have not talked about 
Keegan Murray would have bounced back. Last game against Memphis, he had five points, four turnovers. Ugh. He did not look like himself. No, he did not. He looked good. He only played 25 minutes. Tonight, he came out, did a great job defending Tyler Hero early on. He had to switch on to Jimmy Butler at times. But most importantly, he was the guy offensively that was knocking down shots early for Sacramento. He finished with 33 points. He had five rebounds, two blocks. He did it on 12 of 18 shooting. He was 7 of 11 from three. The Kings only hit 12, excuse yeah, they hit 12 threes. He hit seven of them. Crazy. Well, crazy needed. And in that first half, he had... 21 points yep. a tying a season high first half so he was their offense obviously we already mentioned this to domas was scoreless in that first quarter finally added nine in that second quarter so i feel like when domas started really getting things going too it helped it allowed Keegan to be a little bit more open from beyond the arc. It allowed Keegan to, to get a little bit more confident because he had another guy that was a threat out there. And so, yeah, Keegan looked confident. He looked good. I love seeing what he was doing in the mid-range. I even said to you when he, like, curled around uh, a body and just, like, little jump shot, midi, I was like, that shot was completely different than the other shot the other night. Yeah. Completely different. He had one where he got the ball uh, – in the corner, pump fake, drove and dunked. Mm -hmm. That was pretty oh sweet, too. I just felt like he had a nice bounce back after a really rough outing against Memphis. And I was curious how he's going to respond against this Miami team because they can play physical, right? And they throw a whole bunch of different things at you. He didn't seem like he was rattled. My one critique would be, can we get him more looks in the second half, especially when he gets it going? But overall, I thought Keegan was really good tonight. 33 points for him. Do you think he deserves the Rock and Soul player of the game? You could mention Sabonis, too. But we give it to uh, Keegan Murray. 33 points, five rebounds, two blocks. We mentioned the 12-18 shooting, 7-11 from three. A Rock and Soul player of the game. This is how you know it's not one of those terrible losses because uh, you didn't give it to an opponent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and No, <laughs> yeah. and you know what? We acknowledge the bounce back. Yeah. He had a rough game. It yeah. was not pretty against Memphis, and I thought he did everything from knocking down threes, putting the ball on the floor, Defensive playing end. good defense. Yep. He did a lot out there. A Rock and Soul player of the game. Check out Rock and Soul in Sacramento, just six blocks from Golden One Center. They are the best. Those, these are the games with Keegan, too, where I'm like, he's doing the right things out there. Mm -hmm. He's talking about what, what, what we've been talking about. I was like, hey, don't just realize three. Pump fake. Get the mid-range. Pump fake. Drive. Go dunk. Make the right plays. Hit some shots. Don't be rattled. Play with some force. I really liked his game. And it, it's, it's why you get excited about him long term. You know, I know we got Keegan Murray watch in the chat, the big fan of his, saying he could be an all-star in year three. I don't know, but what I do know is I am super high on his ability to be an all-star because yeah. I've seen the flashes here in year two. He's taken such great strides defensively as we've chronicled throughout the season, but when you see outings like this offensively, you start to really think that that ceiling is even higher than maybe we even realize. Well, I mean, even talking about that, it's not just us. It's not just us covering the Kings, watching him all the time. You know, we were talking earlier about... Uh, the trade deadline and how 
Bobby Marks had made some comments about the Sacramento Kings. And every time he talks about what the Kings can do when it comes to contracts, all these different things, and being smart about what type of moves you make, he goes, listen, Keegan's going to be, you know, max contract guy. Like, you're going to end up paying, assuming that he is, and it seems like he is going in that direction. Like, that is what the Kings think their future is. That is what a lot of people around the NBA see uh, and understand why the Kings would go in that direction with their future. And I think more and more people are starting to notice that. But it's funny, when you do have a quieter, like, composed star future star like player they fly under the radar a little bit more because it's just i don't know there's just something about it that just doesn't pop out to people and that's fine just sleep on it a little bit yeah and i think it's a big reason why the kings feel like they don't have to take a ginormous swing here because if you are and you're trying to get the mega star i don't even know who's out there they're going to ask for Keegan. You know, it's just like the OG trade. It's like, besides going, can we have Keegan Murray? No. Because you, you, no. You're, you're believing that this guy at 6'8", six, 6'9", six, with what he has shown you offensively, now what he's showing you defensively, can be that guy. He's on a rookie-scale contract. Then you give him a rookie extension. Like, these are the things at. you want to do, is you want to nail the draft and keep these guys yep. around, develop them. He's exactly the type of player that you want on your team long-term and where the NBA is going. I mean, I think he is going to be a special talent in the league. So he was awesome tonight. Next guy, seems like he's awesome every night. Damanis Sabonis. He missed some good looks early. You know, Bam and, and Miami throwing everything at him. Ugh. He still managed to play his ass off like usual. Sabonis, 19 points, 17 rebounds, 13 assists, 7 of 14 shooting. He knocked down his only three of the game. His 29th consecutive double-double. He is 42 on the season. His 13th triple-double of the season. He had 14 all of last year. Huh. The guy <laughs> is playing some incredible basketball right now. And he had to deal with Bam, too, which is not an easy task whatsoever, right? So I thought Sabonis was really strong tonight. I, I What I appreciate about him, he just plays hard. He was, I mean, the... The Kings, the game looked out of reach with like a minute and a half to go. That guy was getting a rebound and pushing like it was a two-point game. And that is someone that I feel like all season long, every single every single night you can rely on for that. There was a few games in the beginning of the season where we're like, is he not going to push through some of these bigger guys in the league? Everyone's like, this is why you need a different big. Oh, my God, what are we doing? And now you're seeing him drop triple doubles like... It's nothing. It's part of his job now. And if he doesn't have a triple-double, we're all like, was it his best night? Could he have done more? Which is bizarre. Just crazy to even think about him as a playmaker, him being able to go through bigs like Bam and or find a way to score with his footwork on them. Uh, his level of intensity all the way through the fourth quarter every single game is what this team, I hope this whole team can like rally behind and find a way to find their inner Sabonis. It's the effort. It's the force yeah. all the time. Yeah. All the time. Even going back to something Spolster said after the game, I, I feel like we're doing a lot of heat culture stuff tonight. Heat culture. <laughs> heat culture. Um, but he was saying like, 
so, sometimes we don't, it, do, it doesn't matter the result. It's about the process. It's like if you put on a heat jersey, there's certain expectations, effort, accountability. Like we're going to play hard. Yes. You're going to feel us. He goes, D- you know, during that last stretch, we weren't ourselves at all. My point to that is every time Sabonis puts on that jersey, that guy plays one way. He was actually asked about that, Morgan. God, I should dig this up. Where, right. where was he asked it? He was asked after last game, and it was just such a great answer. Kyle Draper asked him just about how how he always plays hard, right? Okay. And I'm going to just find it, and who cares if it's not the smoothest thing? Um, I never care. I, You know, I'm like the one that cares on that. Um, but Draper had asked him about where he gets that mindset to, like, always play hard. And okay. his answer, loved it. Here's what he had to say. I mean, no, it's the passion for the game. We, we love this game. You love your job, right? Exactly. You know, so um, we we get to play this every night. So uh, I'm just excited to go out there and uh, have this opportunity. You know, it's, it's going to end one day and um, I'm going to I'm going to be watching and be like, damn, I wish I was out there. Oh, oh, it could almost bring me to tears. <laughs> love that man. Love that man. Yeah, people want to point out, and not so much in Sacramento, you know, outside here, want to point out, like, oh, he doesn't do that. He can't do that, blah, blah, blah. This guy is so skilled. He's not the tallest big guy out there. He's not the longest big guy out there. But that dude has a passion to, like, just play basketball the right way. He wants to share with his teammates, sometimes to a fault. He wants to play hard all the time. He's going to bust his ass defensively no matter what. He's going to fight for rebounds no matter if he's getting clawed in the face, hit in the face, punched in the back, stomped on the chest. That guy just plays through it. And that mindset is the mindset that I want everybody to have. Like you were saying, just have that mindset because you're right. If you're not aiming to be great at this, what are you doing it for? Right. Well, and that's the thing. Passion one. Yeah. One passion can drive people to the limits. Mm-hmm. Love that. Appreciate that. Love being around people that are that passionate about their jobs or whatever that they do in life. Just absolutely connect. Love it. Now, you say that about other people. And there are some people who are in this league just to make money and just, and it's like, and when we say that, we can't act like that's not what you should do. Everybody's different. And I wish everybody was as passionate about the game of basketball as Domas Abonis. I mean, we talk to former players and you hear how some don't even watch the game anymore because they just never connected to it like that. They always felt like it was work or whatever. And then there's others that were even playing in their playing days were like not watching film because they just understood it at a different level and they like to study at a different level. And I get all the different ways. I don't connect to those different ways. I think because like we've talked about before, like basketball is in our blood. Like we are passionate about basketball, but that those are the type of players that you search for where it's in their blood. And that's why sometimes like 
even when you get to trade deadlines and free agency and all these things, when you go, why don't you want that guy? Or why do you want that guy? Because sometimes you truly need those type of guys in your system. And though, and especially guys that are coachable and that you can bring something different out of. And the way that Sabonis has taken his game to the next level and has that passion, it's like you don't ever don't ever let go. Yeah. I, I, I liked how he played this game tonight. And he was a big reason why the Kings made runs tonight to, you know, get in back into the game and, and make it a game. Even in the fourth quarter, they made a run to to make it a game. Unfortunately, mistakes, defensive breakdowns, and then missed shots just just killed them in a lot of ways. De'Aaron Fox had a rough night. We talked about that. He was 4-16, 1 of 8 from 3. But we should note this, that one free, excuse me, that one three-pointer he made was a big one. Last year, he made 119 threes in 73 games played last season, right? Last year. 119 in 73. He hit his 120th three this year in his 40th game of this season. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And, I mean, look at shooting 39% from three-point land. Dipped a little bit tonight after going one of eight. But shooting efficiently for over the year, right? For over the season, at least. You know, I know, like, the last couple of games where wherever he's not shooting that as good as he was from three-point land, some people are like, why is he still doing that? Why is he still doing it? It's for that exact reason because it has been his most efficient year and he believes he's a shooter that can only keep getting better. I mean, that's just, he put in the work over the offseason and that number is a big deal. It is. To hit 120 and 40 games Mm. after your career mark before that was 119 and you did it. In 73 games. I mean, that's that's impressive. And so it's good to see the areas of growth in his game. I think his defense has been a lot better on the whole this season. He's averaging career best in steals. He's top three in the league in deflections too. The engagement's been a lot better for him. Obviously, tonight, not his best night, 4-16, but hopefully he bounces back for the Kings because can't really survive if he's doing that. No. No, you can't. Oh, one other good note. What? Uh, we, we mentioned that good number from De'Aaron Fox. Kevin Herter love real fast. Oh, my God. Give him lots of love. Kevin Herter last eight games. It's coming back. The numbers are up big time. Fine. That's cool. You can tell me about the numbers. <laughs> I, he is doing the other things out there. And I thought again tonight, he had some really strong defensive moments. He's battling out there. He's using his length. That's he's it. making sure to, he's getting deflections. He's making sure he's contesting shots. He had some good moments in that Dallas game, too. I think he's one of the guys that feels like they've he, he's turned the corner a little bit after just a brutal start to the season. It's good to see him not only knocking down shots, but finding other ways to impact the game. The rebounding's been better. The defense has been better. The playmaking's been better. I, I'm glad to see him rolling a bit because the Kings are a much different team when he is playing good overall basketball. Talk, talk about some mental shift there and you know you go he's such a confidence guy right like he needs to feel good out there so that his confidence is with them if he's shooting well then he's doing all the other things well I think whatever was fire was lit under his ass or confidence that was taken away from him I think something happened to him where he wanted it back 
He wanted the minutes back. He wanted the confidence back. He didn't want to feel whatever the hell he was feeling. And he understood what that was going to take. And it wasn't going to take making his three pointers. It was going to take doing all the other things that we keep talking about. And you had so you like a breakdown in the pregame about all the other things that he has been doing. And you're exactly right. Him actually understanding how to utilize his length, understanding how he can be a good defender, not even like, uh, Hey, at least he's not a liability. No, he can be a good defender out there because of his body size, because he is a high IQ player. And it's like, do all the right things. And that's what he's starting to do. Keeping his hands up on defense. That alone, you're taking away the vision. You're disrupting an offense. You're getting deflections. And then sometimes you're making it go the other way in transition. It's just, he's been doing those things, going in, fighting for rebounds. I love what Kevin Herter has been adding lately. Yeah, so those are some positives. Keegan Murray, Demonis Sabonis, Kevin Herter, all played pretty solid tonight. Of course, Keegan is really good. Sabonis, awesome. De'Aaron did not play well, but hit that mark 123s in 40 games. He's been shooting it efficiently. So those are some good things from tonight on a night where just not did not go well for the Kings, and they hung in there for a little bit, but and ultimately lost 115 to 106. That brings us to. What the hell should our Sharif Jewelers moment of the game be for this one? One highlight that popped up, and Ooh. I know it's a Miami play. Okay. That lob hero threw that. I'm like, no, Bam's not getting there. There's no way Bam's getting there. And Bam got there for the jam. That was the Disgusting. one. Disgusting. Harrison Barnes got cut up, caught up on the screen, didn't navigate over it, and then Domas came up to help instead of drop, which was smart. Help wasn't mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're exactly right. That, but you know what comes up in my head? Keegan, one of the blocks he had. Okay. And then the dunk that he had, baseline, too. Just, again, a really good offensive night from Keegan, and I thought he had some highlight offensive moments. Yeah, and let's not take for granted that he was a 7 of 11 from 3. Yeah. Yes. I just, I don't know. I'm not feeling that cynical tonight and feeling oh, like... Oh, I'm not either. I, what? You're going to lose games in the league. Right. <laughs> okay? They were There was a stretch where they were getting their asses kicked and losing like at Portland or losing at home to the Hornets. You know, losing sucks, but, you know, it's like they had their chances. It's, you know, tonight... If the bench plays a little better, if Harrison Barnes doesn't get torched defensively in the third quarter, uh-huh. you know, if Fox knocks down a couple of shots, you have a chance to win that game. And that's why it's frustrating because, like, you, you, it, it's such a slim margin for error, right? And they just did not have enough p- players playing good basketball. When your bench gets outscored that bad in the game. 47 to 18. When one of your best guys goes 4 of 16, I know the missed shots don't count as turnovers. That wouldn't make sense. But some of them feel like turnovers when they're bad ones. I when agree. They're quick shots. The other one of my pet peeves: the Kings aren't the only team to do this. Okay, the Warriors do it. Other teams do it. Oh, I know. I hate two for ones in the NBA. It's a two for one situation. I swear, every time it's a two for one situation, I'm not gonna say every time. Eighty five percent of the time, it's a two for one situation. The Kings take a bad shot, and it, they they miss it, and then it's like, well, what? So you rush to go take a bad shot? No, just get a good shot. What's the point in two for one if one of them's going to be a shit shot? Yeah, I kills me. It, kills me. I know. And then oh, I think that, there he goes. Oh my god! How many times I saw a quick shot and then it led to a three on the other end? And you're like, what? 
these are backbreaking. I saw that once tonight, but it could have It felt like more. seven times. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm with you in the sense of that thought process sometimes I think screws up. Rush, rush, rush. Try and get the first shot because you want you want to get two. Well, two the clock's a factor. I guess you got to get a shot. Analytically, no. it makes sense. You got to get two more possessions in before no. the end of the court. It's like just how, how about just get some points on the board yep. and we'll be just fine. Thank you. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. God damn. Come on now. So frustrating. Hey, it's okay, dudes. Yeah. Um. Overall, though, this this game. I mean, it doesn't bug me. It's, you got to bounce back. And next up, Friday is a bit. That's gonna bug me if you lose that one. Oh, Friday, the Kings take on the Indiana Pacers. Definitely some questions going into this game, right? Tyrese Halliburton returned against Boston, uh-huh. played 22 minutes in that game. He's still coming back from the injury. The Pacers play in New York the night before. So they're going to be on the second night of a back-to-back. Does Tyrese Halliburton play in both of those games? How many minutes does he play? I don't know. But the reality is last time they played... The Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton did not play. No, he did not. Pascal Siakam he did. did not play. Or he did not play, I mean. He wasn't even with the team yet. He just landed with the uh-huh. in Indiana to go take his physical that and was his tour the facility. Day. Yeah. The Kings got cooked in that game. They missed a ton of free throws. TJ McConnell torched Sacramento. <sighs> I cannot watch that again. They came in. And beat you in your house shorthanded. TJ came in and beat. <laughs> you need. I mean, TJ. It seemed like everybody did. Uh huh. I know. I but TJ just stood out. Matherin was awesome. All of them were all. TJ only had like I, I didn't. He didn't even have like a twenty point game or anything. Like it was. I'm just telling you what it felt like watching TJ McConnell. TJ has had too much success against Sacramento, um, and it's not no disrespect to him. Like good play, good role player. He shouldn't be torching you and and having a double-double. Okay, that just can't happen. So, uh, number one, I need to see the compete better. But the reality is, it's going to be a tougher game. Pascal Siakam looks pretty good with him. And he seems like he's rejuvenated a little bit in a new situation. He feels loved. He's getting the touches. He's playing some good defense. And I've I've watched a lot of Pacers games this year. I'm so impressed with the effort. They may not have the all the best defensive players, but it, they do remind me a lot of the Kings from last year where it just seems like the effort's always there. Neesmith, he does some weird things out there sometimes, but you know what? He plays gritty. hard. Yep. He's, you're right. He's gritty. He's going to foul someone hard. He may have a bad foul every once in a while, but he plays hard. Turner does nice things. Yep. Benedict Matherin, I liked him before the, it, before he was in the league, the guy plays like a dog, and he's showing growth. We know what Tyrese can do. They're a tough team, but you can score on this team. Yes. Play with pace, push the pace, and I hope Halliburton plays. Uh-huh. I want Halliburton to play. The last time we saw Fox and Halliburton play in the same game, Fox and Mitchell put the clamps on Halliburton in Sacramento. I want to see how they handle the challenge now that Tyrese Halliburton's evolved this game even more who he's now an all-star starter what's that going to look like 
I'm excited for the game. Vang, it's going to be a good challenge. Vang says, you worry about Hallie? I'm worried about TJ McConnell. Dude, and then yeah. Lazy says, TJ is all heart. Yeah, he plays with a lot of heart. And then I saw also someone talking about when they were blitzing TJ and also, um, you know, running him off the line when he can't shoot the oh effing ball God, or doesn't shoot the effing ball in the first place. So hopefully all those little things that they did wrong last time, they make those simple tweaks simple tweaks and don't let that happen again they fit they are a team that feels like they're never out of it they battle all the time mm -hmm. i don't think tj mcconnell's played the last couple of games so who knows who's gonna oh. be it, 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 i don't even pay attention to that stuff anymore it, who's in who's out doesn't, doesn't matter. matter you gotta have the focus and go yep. in there and play your game and i hope the kings can get it going offensively you know and I just, there, there's got to be a little pride factor too after what happened. You know, one, Sabonis is playing in Indiana. I'm sure he is going to get up for that type of game every time they go yeah. head to head. But it, it's really going to be a, a good test to see what type of response they put out there. Yeah. Friday. And then obviously, um, next night, go to Chicago and they play. I mean, I know we're not there yet, but my point is it's like, okay. What are they going to look like to not even end this road trip? No, they oh play again Monday, God. dude. There's yeah. still a lot of time left on this road trip. So let's get a super chat shout out. Keegan Murray watch. He's all over the place tonight. Donate 20 bucks. Thank you. Best part of Kings games is Deuce and Mo night chat. Thanks for being part of the experience. Aww. Appreciate you. Thank you. No, we appreciate everyone who supports us after every game, win or lose. Seriously. It's, it's great. And especially after some of these, like, like, when we have to come on a little bit later too. I mean, obviously it's not even that late because it was an early game, but um, no, we appreciate everyone watching live and everyone that watches later. Thank you. Let's give us some final thoughts, Morgan. Oh, final thoughts. Hmm. I had one too. Hmm. I had one and it left probably because. You're tired. You're tired. I get it. No, well, I did. I. It's funny. I have a stuffy nose, so I took a Nyquil, but I don't feel drowsy. But every time I look at something, I get, like my eyes are. Like, it's probably Ooh. hitting you. It's probably hitting you. Ooh. Um, my final thoughts. You know, I'm just I'm excited for the trade deadline to get here, and not even like, oh, I hope all these trades happen. I, you know, I always get excited for that. We're gonna do a big NBA trade deadline show. I'm just ready to move on from it. And so if I'm ready to move on from it, <sighs> I can only imagine like the players in this league feel it. Yeah. There's no doubt you feel it because you're on edge with social media. More people are putting out rumors than ever. And it's like, what the hell does this even mean? What's real? What's not? It's so much to follow nowadays. And I don't know. I'm just ready to be like, okay, this is the team. Let's go. Let's fit. What's the solution? This is what it's going to look like. And I think we've all been talking about the trade deadline for so long, especially this month where the Kings were eight and seven, that I am reached trade deadline fatigue. And it's like, just get me to the day. Let's just, let's just get there and see what's in store. But if you get, yeah, I guess. Because sometimes too, I just think there's going to be a lot of, when I say a lot of disappointment on trade deadline, there's a lot of, buyers in the NBA right now going into trade deadline and everyone's looking to buy, 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 
right? They want they want to get better. They feel like their team is the team that could take the leap this year. They want to get better. What's that going to mean? What type of pieces are even going to be out there? And on top of all that, you don't just make a move to make a move. I know people hate hearing that, especially after just like a small tweak last year. But like I said, Bobby Marks was talking about how aggressive Monty McNair and Wes Wilcox have been throughout their time with Sacramento, making 17 different trades, I believe, was that number. Um, last year, not a lot of activity. We want to see more activity this year, especially because what we believe this team can do, and you want to make sure you're taking the right leaps. But at the same time, don't just do something, do something. Get me to February 8th. And one last thing, a couple of people asking this. Any predictions for All-Stars? Do you think Fox and Sabonis get in, Fox or Sabonis? Which one do you think gets in, or do neither one get in? I obviously think it should be both. Um, I think Sabonis will be in for sure. I I think Fox... I can't imagine Fox not being recognized and not being in, but... The Western Conference is just stacked. It is stacked. And last year, Sabonis got in, but Fox did not get in. He was an injury replacement. That's when he was named an all-star. I can give you who I think should, if I were in charge. It was like, two spacing, you have to pick the reserves. It's up to you in the West. I'm going with Fox, Curry, Sabonis, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Edwards and Devin Booker. No ants, no Jamal Murray. I'm sorry, no ant, no AD, AD. no AD. <laughs> After he ends yeah, with yeah, Anthony, or- yeah. no AD, uh-huh. no Jamal Murray, no Gobert, no Cat, no Zion, no BI. My case for Fox and Sabonis is pretty simple. One, I'm a little bit of a homer. We all know that. <laughs> uh, two, legitimately. Both those guys were all-stars last year. They got better. And their team has the record that's right around the same as it was last uh-huh. year. They have taken jumps in their game. Sabonis, career best in rebounding. His re- 13 rebounds a game. Eight assists or something like that. 20 points. The efficiency is up. The three-point shooting's improved. Fox, same thing. Like, the scoring is up. The three-point shooting's improved. The defense is better. Those numbers are up. I think they're both all-stars again. Now, if you're asking my prediction, what I think is going to happen, I think Sabonis gets in. I don't think Fox gets in. But I think Fox has a chance as an injury replacement if Anthony Davis can't go. I, I, my, my whole rationale on the Anthony Davis, the guy's had a hell of a year. Yes. I just can't, for me, putting two play. the Lakers can't get two players. You're a losing team. You don't get two. And there's some people who are like, I don't know if Steph should make it. Steph's making it. Steph is Steph. He's going to get the love from the coaches. Uh-huh. He's still having a really good year, even though he went through a funk similar to Fox. Yep. Exactly. But I yep. think Steph gets in. The Paul George Kawhi thing for me, the Clippers have played great basketball. If you look at their numbers, they are so efficient this year. They've stayed healthy, and that team is playing some really strong basketball right now. I mentioned Sabonis. Anthony Edwards. Well, Minnesota's one of the top teams in the league. He's been spectacular this year. And I think Devin Booker's been really, really good. He probably deserved to go last year if he didn't miss all those games. He's had some monster games. The Suns are playing better basketball. No Shengun either. That's tough. No Victor Wembenyama. Shengun and Wembenyama, their time's going to come. We don't need to force them into the game. 
this year. Wimbenyama's doing some great things. The Spurs have won like 10 games. I'm sorry. Shengun's borderline. That team's losing. He'll get his chance probably next year. That's where I'm going with. Fox, Curry, Sabonis, George, Kawhi, Anthony Edwards, and Devin Booker. I think fair breakdown. Thank you. Fair, fair names. Um, I just don't know that the coaches are going to be like, we're going to get two Kings in. I, that's it. And that's it. And I, I, I could sit here and be like, I think that thought process is weird, but it's the same thing of do saying, uh, I don't believe two Lakers should get in, you know, and they, in some of these coaches minds, the Lakers and Kings could be close enough of like, hey, not good enough teams. When I say that, I mean like Jamal Murray should right. be in, you know, or whatever, whatever that thought process is. So we'll have to see. Um, I'm excited to talk about it tomorrow. So make sure you guys are tuning in because we will be going live uh, a little bit right before that announcement. Yeah, we'll be going to be reacting to all of it. So we'll see you tomorrow. We'll do it all again for all you audio people. Thanks so much. If you're watching us on YouTube, drop us comments below, hit the thumbs up and subscribe. All it does is help our channel grow. That's all it does. And kind of makes you feel good too. If you're listening to audio, you can go to Spotify or Apple podcast store, drop us a five-star review. That helps the audio side continue to grow. We love you guys so, so, so much, but we got to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your night. See ya. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.